Hello, STEM Nation. Jeff here, and welcome to episode number 80 of STEM on Fire, where we interview practicing professionals in the area of science, technology, engineering, and math to help guide students interested in STEM careers. If you like what you hear, please share it with a friend. Now let's get fired up today with our guest, John, and I hope our chat will help ignite your passion towards a STEM career. John earned a bachelor's degree in biology and a master's in business with a focus on marketing and management, all from the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater. Also, I love what John put on his LinkedIn site. He says, what do you get when a science geek trades in his science superpowers for management skills? So we'll find out. Welcome to the show, John. Fill any gaps and share a bit of your personal life. Thank you very much, Jeff, for having me. Uh, so outside of work, um, or most of us spend a majority of our time, I spend time with my wife of 12 years, our two children. We enjoy traveling, seeing new places. I personally enjoy photography, graphic design work, really anything that involves a creative thought process. All right, John, thanks for that quick overview. And let's delve right in here. So you, I think you're the first that has a biology degree um, versus a biological engineering degree. Could you go into a little bit of why you went biology? So biology is a, is a broad field, and that's really what I enjoyed about it. Uh, the courses that I took exposed me to a variety of things like ecology and botany and microbiology. And I, I really enjoyed from a young age uh, really anything in the sciences. So I figured that if I just jumped into something, I would be able to find something that I, I was attracted to that I really would uh, kind of gravitate towards. So be it chemical reactions in chemistry class or dissecting creatures, uh, it always seemed like there was something to explore or learn. Uh, the analytical side of my, my brain, uh, problem-solving nature of, of all the sciences sort of attracted me to it. So I figured I just needed to jump in and figure out what I wanted to do because like most kids coming out of high school, I really didn't know what I wanted exactly to do when I grew up. So fortunately for uh, many of us, uh, there are many industries that use science in their work. And that really allows uh, you or myself to pick a path that uh, we really enjoy to do. So, John, with your biology degree from Whitewater, um, when you were going out looking for careers or for companies to go work for, were there a lot of job openings in biology? It, it, none of them really called out for a biology degree. I was uh, You would always find um, job postings uh, that had like a science-related field, right? So you could uh, really pick and choose. So to be honest, when I got out of uh, school, I really wanted to work for the DNR and work on conservation, wildlife, uh, something along that line. But for me, um, the, the state had a hiring, hiring freeze at the time, mm -hmm. so I couldn't do that. So I had to sort of figure out what else I wanted to do. And as I looked out there, and, and still today, there's even more fields, but back then there were the food industry, pharma, agriculture, education, research and development, uh, and even the medical field that would ask for a science-related field and biology counted towards those. So it, it was quite easy to, to kind of get out there and just see. It was almost overwhelming, actually, to be honest, because it was the, uh, there were so many options. Yeah, that, that's interesting, John. And the reason I, I bring that up is, you know, for students that are thinking, you know, I really like biology, I like science, I like dissecting frogs and, and whatnot. Um, and you start looking, I was like, okay, well, I don't see any openings for biology, but I think you hit on the head that it, it's really a science degree that you want to be looking for to see what type of opportunities are out there for you. 
Right, absolutely. And and most companies are going to train you anyways on the specifics of that role. So it, it you just have to get your foot in the door and prove that you can do the work and you, your education uh, will benefit them in some way. And you just prove it through your work ethic and then you go from there. All right, John. And we're going to we're going to change here a little bit and understand, you know, why did you go pursue an MBA in management and and give up your Science geekness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a very hard thing to let go of. Um, it slowly happened over over the the years, but uh, I, I remember um, a very specific moment in my career uh, where I realized that there was a, a need in the laboratory for someone to help drive things and and really lead by example. Um, and I, I soon came to appreciate and and really enjoy. Uh, leading people and leading groups. Um, I started off just doing it, like I said, by example and just kind of doing the things that no one else was willing to do. And then I slowly found my voice and was able to sort of put those things into words. And uh, uh, at that point, it became clear that I needed to educate myself more in that area. And the company I worked for at the time uh, was willing to pay for that. So uh, it was really the best of both worlds. And that's where I started to migrate towards uh, management and leadership and knew I could do both. I could work in a science-related uh, department or area and also be a manager or a leader of those teams. So it was a win-win. Yeah, I think that's great. And I want to go back. You mentioned something. You, you, you picked up some tasks that other people didn't want to do. What were some of those tasks? Oh, geez, that uh, it could be anything. It could be just s stocking supplies. It could be um, just doing the mundane things that uh, are either monotonous or or just repetitive that some people just would. Oh, those aren't exciting things to do. It was just about doing the 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 baseline things that you knew that needed to get done for your team to succeed, and you get noticed when you do those things because there's 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 no ego involved in that. You just do it because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, and, and I think that's really important, Stemnation, you know, to listen to what John is saying there is he, he did the things that people didn't want to do. It's like, oh, you know, maybe that's below me, right? You know, I have, I have a degree. I don't stock shelves. But management notices when people do things because it needs to be done and they just do it. And, and your, your, your management or your, your coaches, whatever you want to call them above you, notice that and go, okay, you know what? I see John doing things that he doesn't necessarily need to do, but he's doing them. This guy's a leader. Um, and that's what companies look for. John, do you, do you have some insights into that or can you expound upon that a little bit? Yeah, of course. You know, I know from me being a, a team leader now and, and sort of managing departments, I know what I look for in in. Uh, employees come in through the door, um, and I know what I'm expecting of the people that exist there today. When I was sort of starting off your career, uh, and really anyone that starts off their career, I think it's important to know that you're not going to be a senior member of the team right away. You're not going to maybe have the biggest paycheck of the team. But if you put in the work ethic and really show that uh, any job, no job is too small for you, um, or too big for you that you can really progress quickly and you can work your way up. Because I think a lot of people come out of school, especially in the science-related field, thinking, if I don't cure cancer, I'm not making an impact. But that's not necessarily true. You can make impacts on smaller levels, and those smaller things can add up to a much bigger thing overall. So whether it's uh, – 
just the way you interact with your team or how supportive you are of initiatives or whatever it might be. It's really all about team dynamics, and that's what's going to really propel you because whether it's your direct manager noticing you or someone else and maybe an area that you want to move into, that's what it's all about. You need to just get have a your, – your name needs to be out there for the right reasons. Yeah, and STEM Nation, you know, for junior seniors in high school, you, you know, you might have a, a job after school. You might be working in a grocery store in a checkout counter or stocking shelves or waiting tables. You want to start developing the skills that John is talking about. So let's say you're working on a, a cashier in a checkout. When there's nobody there, you know, go tidy up the area. Go, you know, grab a broom, quick sweep something. If you're working as a, uh, you know, at waiting tables or whatever, you could go take a wine, the wine glasses if you have some downtime and just make sure there's no spots on and clean them up. Those are the skills you want to go off and start developing when you're young so that it's just ingrained in you when you start working in a professional career. You just do those things naturally. And John, let's get specific here. And what is what is your specific area of expertise? Um, so uh, originally, it was just general biology, right? Like that's that's where I uh, you know lived and breathed for many many years. But as I uh, got out of school and, and looked at internships, it very quickly uh, transitioned into food microbiology, and that's really what stuck with me for many, many years. And that's what I'm back into now. Um, so I would say that would be uh, my area of expertise, if you will. Uh, I would have to dust off some of the cobwebs, of course. Um, but just the the micro aspect of, of those organisms was very intriguing to me. Um, I, right now I work in a, a cultural bacteria uh, or bacterial culture um, facility. So we deal with the good bacteria that is uh, that goes into cheeses or yogurts. Um, and that's just fascinating to me that we create a bacteria that goes into a food process and that's a good thing. But we also have to look for the bad bacteria in there. So I, me and my, my team, um, we are uh, sort of experts in that area. And it's really kind of cool, the conversations we have to have uh, day in and day out. And it doesn't really get old because it's not the same thing every single day. You're always striving to be better or working towards something, working with industry or, or uh, um, other experts in the field to, um, to constantly better ourselves. Right, John, that sounds pretty interesting. And, you know, I believe, John, that you're in the Milwaukee, Wisconsin area. So if there's if there's folks in the Milwaukee area, Wisconsin area, in northern Illinois that think this is pretty interesting, you know, feel free to reach out to John. His his LinkedIn connection will be in the show notes. You can connect on that. Say you heard him on STEM on Fire. You know, maybe you can get in there, get a tour, just chat with John to get some more insight. So so thanks for that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So we understand kind of what your area of expertise is, but what's what an area that really has you fired up today? In my world uh, right now in microbiology, it's really uh, an evolving uh, area. And it's like anything, like technology, right? You always think that there's no way it'll be better than it is today be it computers or TVs, but somehow it always gets better. And that's what's exciting. There will always be better methods, better technology. Uh, right now, rapid methods are a hot topic in my world. How can we safely and effectively get product to market faster while not compromising quality or the company reputation? So it's exciting to work in a world where we're striving to constantly be better 
than we were yesterday. And that's kind of what my day-to-day operation is right now. I'm more strategic in that way, uh, being in a managerial role. Um, but you're still able to apply uh, science and use the experts in your team to get you there. Yeah, I think there was something that, you know, way back when, I forget when this was, when somebody said, yep, everything that is to be invented has already been invented. Right, you know? yeah. <laughs> That's just so not, not, not true. Not the case, yeah, not the case at all. <laughs> yeah, everything keeps evolving. New technologies come about, come about that nobody ever even thought about how to apply them, so, so that's pretty exciting. We're going to move to an aha moment you had. You know, everybody likes hearing a story. Could you tell us a little story on how you maybe had an aha moment and maybe how you turned that into success? For me, it kind of stems back into uh, me figuring out, uh, sort of reflecting back on who I was when I started off. So you mentioned earlier about uh, your your job after school. So I, I worked at a at a at a at a restaurant. Then I worked at a, another establishment. Whereas customer facing, right? You're you're dealing with transactions and working at a register, whatever it might be. I've always had an innate work ethic. And, and maybe I have my parents to thank for that, or maybe it's just how I'm wired. Um, but I didn't realize that. I was never self-reflective, um, never really understood what really drove me. Um, I was always disciplined in that. I was always following the rules and always trying to set a good example for others. I didn't realize until later, again, sort of reflecting back and figuring like, ah, that's why. Later, it's it's... You, you often find these things out too late, but the more self-reflective you can be and, and honest with yourself, the more you can really realize what strengths you have and where the things you need to focus on and where those uh, th- your potential can really lead you. So for me, it was more of a, I don't know, uh, uh, just a uh, look back into myself and figuring out who I was and how that lead me to where I am today and to appreciate all the experiences that you might have because maybe you think that working your after-school job isn't that important, but it's building a foundation for who you're going to be in the future. And that's going to apply both in your after-school job, how you do in uh, college and how disciplined you are in in your studies and how you're going to be going forward after that, taking on your first professional role. Yeah, STEM Nation, you know, John's talking about self-reflection. You know, it's really good just to take a couple of minutes and just think about the day, what what was good, what was bad, and, and focus on your strengths, right? Not always on your weaknesses. There's always areas to improve, but if all you do is focus on the areas to improve, you're going to get down on yourself. So focus on the positive things. What went well that day? And focus on those. And John brought up, you know, getting through college, right? Because in order to go do these science degrees, you, you, you kind of need a degree. Not always, but I'll say it, it kind of helps. So getting through college, John, if you could go back to when you're 18, what are some things you wish you knew back then that would help STEM Nation get through college successfully? <laughs> that's, a, that's a very interesting question. Uh, again, with the self-reflection, it's kind of, it's a very important to do that. So for me... Uh, and for most people, college is meant to be an experience, right? But you need to strike a balance. You have to find time for the fun, but also etch out dedicated time for school stuff, like studying. It sounds like common sense, and I probably sound like a parent, but it can be overwhelming. So my advice would be, uh, in what I've learned, is that you need to do what works for you, find a routine that works for you, uh, for me and, and many others, it was a time in your life where you could 
be in complete control for maybe the first time in your life and you can make any decision you wanted to do. And sometimes that meant just sitting around doing nothing, accomplishing nothing just because you could. And also know that you don't need to have all the answers or even get perfect grades to get an education. In my book, experience equals education, but you still need discipline. So you still need to do the right thing, but you don't have to be perfect and execute it every fire in all cylinders at all times. Just experience the journey that you're going through at that time and do yeah. it for you. Yeah, absolutely, John. It's a journey. It's an experience. You don't have to get straight A's in college. You need to have a balance. You know, we said this before in the podcast, employers are looking for students that do have a balance, not the ones that are just all they did was study. It's like, you know, we're doing extracurricular activities. So you need to strike that balance. And yeah, you're going to go off to college and you're going to have complete control of what you do. I was talking to my son last night. They had a snow day at school. He's like, well, in reality, you know, you could make every day a snow day at college if you wanted to. It's like, yeah, you could make that choice. <laughs> it's their yeah. choice to make. <laughs> All right. Thanks for that, John. And we're going to take a quick pause and thank our sponsor, Audible, who's offering a free audiobook. You can head over to stemonfirebook.com. That's stemonfirebook.com to get a free audiobook of your choosing. If you cancel within 30 days, there's no cost and you keep the audiobook. And lightning round time. Are you ready, John? Of course. Let's do this. All righty. Hey, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? When it comes to your career, do what you're good at. Chances are enjoyment and happiness will come along with that. Any personal habit that contributes to your success? For me, probably organization and time management. Any favorite internet resource or phone app and why? I really enjoy LinkedIn, to be honest. Uh, depending on who or what you follow, you can always find one nugget a day of thought-provoking or even transformative advice. And after that, probably TED Talks. And a book you would recommend? The Happiness Advantage by Sean Aker. All right. Thanks for that, John. And you've provided a lot of value so far. And we're going to ask for one more as we wrap up here to say goodbye. Could you give a parting piece of guidance for STEM Nation? And then we will say goodbye. Stay confident and positive. Network. Make connections and meet new people. Listen to advice whenever you can and never stop learning. All right. Thanks for that, John. And with that, we will say goodbye. Thank you, Jeff, for having me be part of your journey. It's been an honor being part of this initiative, shaping the future STEM community. And I hope you enjoyed that chat today. You can head over to stemonfire.com, subscribe to the email list to keep up the latest happenings, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player and share it with a friend. Tune in next week we talk with Allison, who is a biomechanics researcher at Nike. Until next time, I hope this chat has helped ignite your passion towards a STEM career.